continuing in our series on responding to God's generosity and I'm going to be sharing this morning on giving and receiving and it is just such a joy even this week hearing stories of just how God has been using people to give and just how he is expanding our knowledge and our understanding that everything that we have belongs to him. He has given it to us and we got to give it back to him. Our Heavenly Father is such a lavish and generous Father. He has given himself to us. The Lord Jesus came so that we can have life and have it in abundance. He died on the cross so that we can receive him as a gift of salvation. And it is such a joy knowing that our Father does not ask us to do anything that he himself is not willing to give completely to us and I, I thank the father that he sets standards that he guides us into following and he doesn't expect us to do what he has not already empowered us to be able to give so you have the gift of giving you have the gift you know to be able to give and to receive so use that gift and be a good steward of that gift that the Lord has given to you but we cannot really give unless we receive and that is the gift that Jesus offered when he died on the cross. He offered a gift that whoever believes in him, whoever receives him, will have everlasting life. And that life that he gives brings about an abundance in our hearts that from that abundance, that is where we are able to give. So I just want to offer an invitation to you even if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus even for the first time, I want to offer this an open invitation to you that you got to receive him. He is so good. He is so loving. He is so generous. He really cares and delights and wants to be with you as much as you would desire to be with him. He is always there for me, for you. He's such a friend that, you know, sticks closer than a brother. And he empowers you to do each and everything through him who gives you strength. So I want to share a story with you, a story that is found in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses, uh, starting from verses 36, I believe, uh, towards the end of the chapter. And this is a story of an invitation. An invitation of a Pharisee who invited Jesus in his heart, in his house, rather, this Pharisee invited Jesus in his house so that he can offer him dinner. But there was someone else who is the hero of the story, if you may, who comes and crushes this party that the Pharisee is making for Jesus in his house. Now this woman, we are told that she was a sinner. We are not even given her name. This woman, she was a woman that you would say she was a woman of questionable character. People turned their eyes and looked at her whenever she passed. People were uncomfortable in her presence because of the sinful life that she was leading. And this woman crushes the party for one sole reason, and that is to be with Jesus. Now, personally, I don't believe that this is the first time this woman is encountering Jesus or meeting Jesus. I personally believe that this woman had met Jesus before. 
Probably this woman had seen Jesus performing miracles. She had seen him opening the eyes of the blind. She had seen him uh, opening the deaf ears. Uh, she had seen him uh, uh, preaching the gospel of forgiveness and reconciliation towards the Father. She had seen him telling people that the Father does not condemn them. The Father loves them. The Father delights in them. She had seen Jesus offering this free gift of salvation for whoever wills and whoever puts their faith and trust in him. She had probably heard stories of Jesus walking on the water and commanding the storm to be still and people marveling at what kind of a man he is. She might have even heard and seen the the the, uh, the allegations or the, 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 the things that Jesus said about himself, that he is the light, he is the bread, he is the giver of life that he was, he is, who is to come. He, she, might, he, she might have heard the stories of Jesus loving people, forgiving people, coming around people, those who had been neglected and thrown around, those who had leprosy, those who had difficulties in their life. She had heard and seen Jesus coming around them and just loving them and caring for them and delighting them. And that caused a passion, a desire, a real longing in her to meet this Jesus and to be with him one day. But I do believe that probably countless times this woman had tried to encounter Jesus. She had tried to move closer, but the surrounding did not allow her to move closer to him. The people were looking at her. The people were saying things about her. The people were not allowing her to be anywhere closer to where other normal people were because we are told she was a sinner and she was known to be a sinner. I have news for you. So was I. So were you. But we were bought with the great price. We were purchased by the blood of Jesus and he invited us in and made us his own. And now he calls us righteous. So those that are around us, we should not look at them as sinners. We should not look at them as outcasts. We should not look at them as if they don't deserve it because we were right there where they are. And Jesus came for such as this. So this woman on this occasion, hearing the story probably that Jesus is in town, nobody would deter her this time. This time, the eyes that kept creeping and looking at her, the voices that kept raising and speaking, those voices, she said no to those voices and said, this day, this is the day of the Lord. This is the day that I will offer my worship. I will offer myself to this Jesus who I know will receive me. She was not deterred by her sin. She was not deterred by her shortcomings. She, did, she was not deterred by the words that people are saying. She was not deterred by those that are looking at her. But she had one agenda and one focus, and that was to be with Jesus. Such determined and bold this woman was that nobody will take this away from her. So she crushed the party. She came to a place where she was not allowed to be. A Pharisee's house was like a sanctuary, was like a holy place. A Pharisee himself would not even speak to a woman in public. A Pharisee himself would not even speak to a woman face to face. A Pharisee would not look at a woman who was not covered. But this woman would come and she will expose herself before, the, before Jesus, before her Lord, before her master. She would break every rule in the rule book and say that I'm going to offer my whole self to Jesus. Now friends, that is true worship. 
This is what Spurgeon said, and I'm going to quote him. Spurgeon said that our prayer this morning, I think, should be that the flaming touch of, of the love of Jesus should be brought in every one of our hearts and that all our passions should be set ablaze with our love to him. This woman came for Jesus. She did not come for Peter, for John, for Simon, for Judas. She did not come for anybody. She did not care who was looking at her or what anybody would say. She came ready and willing to pour out all her heart and worship to Jesus. And so she creeps in and stands behind Jesus and she starts to cry, overwhelmed and with her unbelief that she is standing in the presence of the Father. She is standing in the presence of the one that she loves, the one that she adores. She's standing in his presence. So she just, her heart melts and she just adores him. And she's just starts crying, looking at herself, knowing that she do not deserve this. She do not deserve this moment to stand in the presence of Jesus, knowing of her sins, knowing of her heart. She knows that she is not worth it. She doesn't deserve it. And she just starts pouring her heart to Jesus. And as she's pouring her heart to Jesus, tears are just flowing from her eyes. And as tears are flowing, they are falling on Jesus' feet as he reclines at the table. Then realizing the tears are falling, she goes on her knees, overwhelmed by her love and her delight and her rejoicing in Jesus. Overwhelmed by offering her whole self to Jesus, she just bends on her knee and removing her hair. She just starts wiping those tears. Now her hair, a hair to a woman was such a big symbol. It was her identity and this woman being a woman of, of, of uh, unquestionable character, probably many commentators have, have observed that she might have been a woman, a, a, a prostitute. So this hair that she, she might have used for years to, sed, to seduce men, a, a symbol for her as a symbol of her identity and of seduction, she's now using that symbol as worship to our Lord and Savior Jesus. And she uses that hair just to worship. She's saying, no longer will I use this hair. No longer will I use my body. No longer will I give myself to men, but I am giving my whole to you, Jesus. And as she continues to cry and to outpour her heart, she's just giving her whole worship to him. Father, this is true worship. The psalmist says that we should enter his courts with praise. We should enter his gates with thanksgiving. And that is where our Father wants us to be. When we enter, we enter with thanksgiving. We enter with praise. Even Jesus taught us that when we pray, we should hallow the name of the Father. We should give praise and adoration to him. But how many of us, how many of us like, are, are like a Simon who are not actually offering our hearts to Jesus? But this woman did. And the surprising thing is that Jesus said nothing. He did not condemn her. He did not rebuke her. He did not tell her to stop. It's as if Jesus was there just taking it in and receiving the worship of this woman. He was just delighting in one of her, his, his children, just offering his, her praise and worship to him. Jesus will receive our praise if we offer it wholeheartedly. If we give ourselves completely to him, he will receive us. 
Jesus tells us the greatest commandment is to love our God with all our hearts, with all our minds, and with all our souls. And the next, to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we give ourselves wholly to the Lord, we are giving our whole to him, then we will be receiving him wholly. Because he comes and lives and dwells inside of us. Now, the environment in the room is different. The environment is different in the room because everybody is looking at her. Everybody is judging her by their eyes. And Simon is angry in his heart. Simon is thinking, if this man is a prophet, then he would know who is it that is touching him. Simon is so fumed in his heart that Jesus would allow this woman, a sinner, to touch him. But Jesus says to Simon, Simon, I have something to tell you. I want to encourage you this morning, you who people have despised you, you who have tried to go out there and do your best, but people have just thrown it right into your face. You who has gave yourself, your time, your resources to others, and others have never really appreciated it. You who, do, who does everything to, to, to please your God and to worship your Lord and to fellowship, who you have even come into fellowship and all that you want is to praise and worship and lift your, your hands up and and delight in the Father. But those around you are looking at you and wondering, why is she speaking in tongues? Why is she crying out? Why is she laughing in the spirit? How does she believe? Isn't that indecent how she's presenting herself? Isn't that indecent how he's behaving himself? I want to encourage you today. You who has been a giver. You who is underappreciated. You who is left on the side, who nobody speaks about or even looks at you. I want to encourage you with one word from the Lord. Because the Lord told Simon, and the Lord will tell those people who are discouraging you, those people who are speaking ill of you, those people who are unappreciative of you, the Lord will tell them, I have something to tell you. And I believe the Lord Jesus will tell those people who are really causing you pain and hurt by their attitude and behavior, the Lord will tell them, that's my son. That's my daughter. And I delight in them. The Lord will say to those people, that is my child. And I'm fully accepted them as my child. I've adopted them in my family. The Lord will tell them, that is my daughter. She is secure in me. She is significant to me. That is my son. I have robbed him with robes of righteousness. That is my child. I have adopted him. And there is nothing that will ever snatch them out of my hand. That is my child. And I delight in their praises and their singing and their serving me and serving others. I delight in that. My heart warms towards that. My heart rejoices towards that. And I see their tears. I see their pain. I see their shame. But I delight in who they are in me. So Jesus would answer Simon by revealing to Simon what is in Simon's heart. He will prove to Simon 
who he is by revealing to Simon what is in Simon's heart. Because Simon dared to question who Jesus is. In his heart, he dared to question the identity of Jesus. And Jesus is going to prove that to Simon by revealing the heart of Simon. So Jesus tells Simon a story. He tells him of a story of a money lender who lent money to two people. One 500 denarii, another one 50 denarii. And these people could not pay this debt. And so he forgave them. It is a story of you and me. We had a greater debt to pay. Our sin were grim and dark. We could not repay what we have done. We could not repay how we have sinned and rebelled against God. But Jesus paid the ultimate price and set me and you free. And not just that, but gave us life eternal. That we are now his children. We are now adopted in his family because of what he has done. We are forgiven much. So Jesus poses a question to Simon. And he asks Simon, who among these two will love the man more? And Simon says, it is the one who is forgiven less, who had 50 denarii worth of debt. And Simon is answering correctly according to his heart because Simon is considering himself to be self-righteous. He's considering himself to be better than that woman. He's considering himself to be better than the other people in the room because he thinks that he is a Pharisee. He thinks that he, he knows the law. He thinks that he, he knows God. And because of his puffing and his, his righteousness, he thinks that he is worthy more than others. It begs the question of you and me how many times we think that we are more righteous than others. How many times we look at others and we think that they don't deserve. They don't deserve the mercy of God. They don't deserve the love of God. They don't deserve the gifts of God because we feel and think that we are better than them just because we are Christians or we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior in our hearts. So we think others who are not do not deserve what we have. Simon what Simon didn't realize was that to God, every sin is the same, whether big or small. There is no sin that is greater or sin that is less. When Jesus died on the cross, he did not die for only murderers and thieves and, and pedophiles. Jesus died for every sin of the world. And according to the law, whether you sin small or you sin big, you are all sinners in the eyes of the Lord. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus paid for each and every sin because we have all sinned and we fall short of that glory. So when Simon compares himself and thinks that he is better, Jesus challenges him by telling him, Simon, you did not give me water when I walked in. You did not give me a kiss. You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has not stopped 
wetting my feet with her tears and and wiping them with her hair she has not stopped kissing my feet she has not stopped anointing them with oil simon denied jesus the most basic of the basic that anybody could offer in that time roads were dusty anybody who would come into your house you would offer them water so that they wash their feet people used to wear sandals not shoes so they would get the dust off their feet before they enter your house. The greeting at that time in their culture was a kiss. And anointing with oil was an honor that the host would honor the guest by anointing their head with oil. Simon did not do any of those things. Yet he was a Pharisee. So he was not even practicing what he was preaching. Which begs the question for me as a believer, for me who I profess to have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, for me who is saying that I'm walking with the Lord, am I behaving like a Simon? When I come to the presence of my heavenly Father, do I offer him a kiss? Do I hallow his name and give praise to his name? Do I offer him water? For my feet, do I offer him my heart, outpouring my heart, outpouring my praise, outpouring my devotion to him? Do I anoint his head with oil? Do I honor him and invite him in and say that this is your home, this is your place, feel at home, delight in being in me? I'm afraid to say, in most of the circumstances, I do that, I don't do that. But then it begs the question, why is it then when I'm in the presence of the Lord and there is someone else who is delighting in the Lord, there is someone else who is giving her whole heart or his whole heart to the Lord, there is someone else who is rejoicing and pouring out their heart, singing out loud, singing out in tongues, crying or laughing or just rejoicing. Why is it that there is something in my heart that resents that? Is it because there is still darkness in my own heart that I do not want to admit. Might it be that there is an area in my life that I have not really allowed Jesus to be in there? And that is why I am exposed, so I do not want to see any other person feeling the joy and the delight and the peace of being in the presence of my Father? We got to ask this question, friends, because the Lord will want us to give our whole to him. Because that is true worship. That is where the abundance comes in our hearts for us to be able to give. Because we cannot give unless we receive. So Jesus tells this woman, your sins have been forgiven and your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And in my own life, I can just see and witness and, and testify to just how my heavenly father has been so good to me, has been so loving to me. I can take you memory lane in my life. I have had so many givings and people just giving it to me. People pouring out their love and their joy and their delight and just listening to what the father was speaking to their hearts and just blessing into my life. I recall a time when I was looking for a property with my wife and a couple from church just decided they're going to buy a property and they're going to rent that property to us. 
It was such a joy just knowing that someone can do that. Someone can think, I'm going to do something that will cost me so that I can bless someone else. I recall that time, the joy that my wife and I had when we received the kiss to that flat. I can recall that moment when we were waiting through that period of a mortgage for them to go through. Another couple from church came to us and said, you can come live at our house. And we lived at the house for three months without them charging us anything. That is generosity from the heart. And even when we took the kids to our flat and our new landlords, they told us how much we will be paying. It was way less than the market was offering. So they were taking a hit so that they can bless us. They were not doing it for financial gain. They were not doing it to make money or become rich. They were doing it so that they can give what they have already received from the Lord. Before we moved into the flat, another couple invited us to, to their house and they told us, pick anything that we want. We will be moving out of this house and just take everything, take all the furniture, take all the things from the kitchen, take everything. And we furnished our whole house with just blessing from this couple. All furniture they provided for us. Now we lived in that flat for seven years. We, we had our daughter join us. We had our son born in that flat. And even at that time when our son was born, we had people just bringing in meals and blessing us and spending time with us. It was out of the abundance in their heart that they were blessing us. And God provided in each and every way. Just recently when we moved out, the last day before we moved out, we had just paid all rent and deposit and we didn't have money left. But someone just anonymously blessed us by just putting money through our door. Waking up in the morning and receiving an envelope with money. Someone who didn't even identify themselves. Someone who didn't write in the envelope, this is me giving it to you. We couldn't know even who it is. But we just received with thanks. These are the blessings, the sacrifices that people are making because of the abundance that is in their heart. Because that is what Jesus does to you. On the day of moving, even when we were moving in this COVID lockdown, we had people come to help us move. They risked their lives, they, risked, they, they sacrificed their time to come and spend time with us by settling us into our new environment. And it was just a blessing to see so many friends come to help us move into what God had blessed us into. Now that is a giving spirit. That is a giving heart. I have been blessed immensely. Just yesterday, I received an envelope in the post. Someone had posted to us 50 pounds in an envelope. Now it caught me by surprise and I was kind of thrown back. I didn't even know people can actually do that that can send money in the post, in this day and age. But this, this person wanted to really be anonymous and us not knowing even who they are, that they posted through the post office the letter so that the money can reach us. Now that list must be very small because very few people know our address at this time. But among those people, God has spoken to someone 
And out of their obedience, they've decided, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it anonymously, and I'm going to bless. So I want to invite you, friends. As Jesus told this woman, go in peace. Shall we go in peace by outpouring our hearts, by outpouring our delight, by sharing what he has given to us? Because all this giving, what it causes to my heart, it causes me to want to give more. It causes me to want to give, to give more to the Lord. It causes me to want to praise and to worship and to delight in the Lord. It causes me to know that my heavenly father is my provider, is my healer, is my forerunner, is my defender, that everything I ever desire in this life is found in him and that is the joy of receiving because when we receive then we have a heart to give so I want to pray with you you who is there you who has the vacuum in your heart maybe because of others you haven't moved closer the Lord is inviting you in this morning to say come and receive me and I will give my whole to you I want to invite you also, you who might have a Simon spirit, who is always looking at yourself better than others, I want to invite you in repentance to say, Heavenly Father, have mercy on me. I want to invite you to, you and I, to go in the power of the Holy Spirit to continue giving and outpouring our resources and our love to others. So just close your eyes and let me pray with you. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, just put your faith in Jesus right now. Accept him as your Lord and Savior and receive the gift of Jesus. Receive himself as your gift. And as he comes into your heart, he's going to give you his spirit and you're going to come out with giftings and outpourings of obedience to him and giving. So Father, I just pray for that man, that woman, that child who is just opening up their hearts to you this morning. I pray that, Father, will you just open their hearts even as they open their hearts to you, Lord. I pray that, Father, may, may they accept you as Lord and Savior. May they turn away from their sins and repent towards God. And I pray that, Father, will you just give them and gift them the gift of giving so that they continue walking, Lord, in your obedience. Father, I repent of areas in my life where I have exalted myself and thought of myself highly than others, maybe because of the gifts that you have given me, maybe because of my identity in Christ. Father, I want to repent of that. And I want to repent for all of us, Lord, who have put our faith and our trust in ourselves because of our own righteousness. Father, I want to repent of that. And I pray that, Father, will you turn our hearts back to you. And Father, I pray even as we receive you afresh in our hearts, may we go in peace. May we go and love more. May we go and delight in you more. May we go and rejoice in you more. May we go and be more givers so that Christ might be exalted in each and every area of our lives. And Christ may be known to others that are around us for the glory of your name. Bless those who are giving, Father. Bless them mightily, Lord. Will you return to them a hundred, a thousandfold? May they flourish in each and every way. Every heart that is responding to this series of giving by saying, I'm going to give more in praise, in worship, in exaltation. I'm going to give my heart more. I'm going to give my resources more. I'm going to give my heart more. Every heart that is responding to this message, Father, I just pray, will you bless them and will you release your anointing and your love, Lord, upon them and may they continue Lord giving out of the abundance that is in their heart and may Jesus be glorified 
for your name's sake. Amen.